Welcome back, everybody, to What's Really Out There. I am your host, Stephanie Booth, and my father is the co-host of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got some cool stuff for you today. Got some UFO sightings and some other cool stuff. Then I got a bunch of mysteries and uh, Texas to cover. So... Just uh, sit back, relax, guys. We're going to start this, I guess. You want to say, oh, yeah, we uh, got our year wrap-up of everything. And want to say we're doing good. Our numbers are going up. Thank you, guys. And I've been noticing our downloads are going up. So it's all going good. Just want to say thanks. You want to say thanks or anything, Stephanie, besides sitting there just... Thank you, I guess. I guess. Because we're up to like eight followers. Yeah. It's going to get bigger and bigger. I'm going to kill my dog. You hear me? Yes, that's why I shut the door. Well, all right. Well, hope everybody's having a great week. And uh, one big announcement. After the first of the year, we're going to do uh, videos, too, on every one. So, oh. yeah. So, you'll get to see our beautiful mugs. <laughs> and I'm going to work on next year when we start doing these more. On the when we do the UFO stuff, I'm gonna pull it up on the computer so we can see it while we talk about it. <laughs> but all right, Steph, here you go. She is doing the uh, UFO, sightings. UFO sightings. Massive UFO sighting daytime sightings over Romy. Roma, Rome, Romania. I mean, Rome. not Rome, Rome, just plain out Rome. Roman noodles. <laughs> Rome. Italy? Yes, Rome, Italy. Italy, November 16th, 2021. UFO flying in. Oh. <laughs> UFO flying in circle over. South Chest Chester Chesterfield Yeah, Chesterfield, Virginia Virginia, November 8, 2021 UFO Over Murray Yes, Murray, Kentucky Murray, Kentucky November 19th, 2021. Flying black triangle with three yellow lights over Pearl, Pearl Tank. Right. Port Saint. Flying Port over Saint. Port Saint. <clears throat> Port Saint. Louise, uh, Florida. Port St. Louise, Florida. November 24th. All these are in, all of them are in November. Yeah, I, I try to that. get the, I try to get the most recent ones when I do the research. Because oh. why do I want to talk about, I mean, it's cool to talk about one that happened 50 years ago, but, you know, we're starting to, there's, with us having cell phones with uh, video cameras on them, it's, we're having more and more uh, sightings. Mm. You know, because think about it, back in the 50s and 60s, 
Nobody really ran around with video cameras. Unless you like photographers. Yeah. So there wasn't really uh, much evidence. And now there's just so much on the internet. So mm -hmm. I try to get the most uh, recent stuff. Yeah, but November 24, 2021. UFO flam flamed over Tampa, Florida. November 25th. 2021. Sorry, guys. Yay. And that is our UFO stuff. Yeah, next time, like I said, that's the first year. We're going to start doing it better. And I think you guys will like it. Now, I've got some mysteries of Texas to talk about. Got to write my time down. All right, I'm going to start out with the Icebox Murders. On June 23, 1965, Houston police officers forced their way into a house of Fred and Edwin Edwina Rogers at the request of their nephew, Marvin, who was concerned that uh, his, call, his phone calls had uh, gone unanswered for a couple of days. The police uh, checked the house, and an officer found what he uh, thought to be numerous pieces of butchered hog in the, in the refrigerator. As he was closing the refrigerator door, the officer saw two human hands in the vegetable bins. Ah. Uh, that's... The okay. heads were, though, the... Oh. Oh, it were it wasn't human hands, it was human heads. Oh, even worse. Yeah. Human heads in the vegetable bins. The heads were those of Fred and Edwina. The couple had been beaten to death, dismembered, and placed in the refrigerator. Oh, so it was in the refrigerator, but you know where you got your drawers at the bottom you yeah. can stick vegetables or whatever. Yeah, it were they was in there. Oh God. Oh. Fred and Edwin's son, forty three year old Charles Rogers, disappeared right after the murders and remains the only suspect in the case that is officially unsolved. That's crazy. So the son took off and <clears throat> no one knows where he went. He probably did it. Yeah, he's like, I'm out of here. My question is, why would he do it? I don't know, man. That's just crazy how people just just lose it like that, man, and just snap. And the crazy thing is, most like serial killers or murders have either something in their past life, like abuse or, yeah, or some head trauma. Or, and they just snap. Yeah. That's crazy how it's never been solved and they've never found the guy. Yeah. He's going to be found like 20 years just dead. They're going to find his skeleton and they're going to be like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. The next one we have is the Orchid Apartment, Apartment Murders. On July 27th of 1979, one of the, uh, one of Allie Rankin's co-workers went to pick her up from her Orchard Apartments home in southwest Houston. 
The co-worker, Bob Smith, arrived to find the door slightly ajar. When he entered, he found 33-year-old. Sounded real echoey real quick. Oh, it's because you sticking your mic, your headset up to the mic. I was like, what's going on? (laughs) What are them dogs barking at? Anyways, he uh, found 33-year-old Rankin laying in her bed, disrobed, feet tied together, and with a pillow over her upper body. When he uh, removed the pillow, he saw her head had been cut off. She had also been sexually assaulted. Police have never recovered her missing head. Ah. So he went, the guy went to pull back the pillow, her head was chopped off. Ah. Two weeks later, in two floors above Rankin, a friend, <coughs> a friend found the body of a 25, of 25, uh, year old Mary Mitchell. In her uh, bathroom, she had been stabbed multiple times so hard that the knife blade bent. The uh, working theory is this were just two of the potential many victims of the uh, unidentified serial killer. So they think this one might, that guy might have been a serial killer. It's just weird how people do that and get away with it. And it goes unsolved for years. That's what's yeah. crazy. And then once we get like the new technology, they're gonna start like looking for more stuff, more evidence, and yeah, all that kind of stuff. But it's just crazy, even with our technology, how people mm-hmm. can still get away with stuff for so long, especially murder. I know. All you right. Could have a cam- you could have a camera in your kitchen, and somebody would break in, and they nobody would know. Yeah, this is crazy. Now, I think I've covered this one when we very, very first started the show, but I'm going to do it again because it's one of Texas' great mysteries. It's called the Texas Killing Fields. There is, And what's crazy about this stretch of highway, I-45, I used to run that all the time going to Houston to make runs. Yeah. What? Yeah. It says, uh, the Texas Killing Fields, there is a stretch of I-45 between Houston and Galveston, where police have found the uh, bodies of more than 30 young women and children since the 1970s. A federal federal agent who has been working the cases unsuccessfully for years describes the Texas killing fields as a perfect place for killing someone and getting away with it. Law, Law enforcement investigator Robert Abell a known sex offender, but was not able to link him to the uh, crimes. Although locals identically maintained the obtained uh, that the uh, victims were the result of one uh, mishap or something, the number of bodies indicate that the that multiple killers have used the uh, remote area to dispose of their uh, victims' bodies. So they don't think it's one person. <laughs> doing all of them because there's so many they think it's you know a couple of people you know they just uh kill it and dump them here wow that's... yeah that's crazy yeah all right now we're going to do lover's lane murders 
See, this is why you don't go to Lover's Lane, kids, and make out and smooch and do all that dirty stuff. Because something bad happens. Anyway, <laughs> it's called the Lover's Lane Murders. The Lover's Lane Murders took place in an undeveloped wooded area of West uh, Houston on the uh, night of August 23rd of 1990. The uh, <coughs> that night, 22-year-old Charles Hen- oh Charlie Shirley Henry and her 21-year-old boyfriend Andy Atkinson parked in a uh, dessert spot popular with the young couples in the area, you know, <laughs> to play cards. Law enforcement found the couple's car at the scene with their bodies in the woods, clothes <coughs> closed by both of their uh, necks. Oh, anyway, oh, I messed that up. The bodies were found in the woods nearby. Both of their necks uh, were sustained damaged. I guess that means like they look like they got choked or hung or something. Uh, where was I at? I hate it when I lose my place. Oh, okay. And Shirley had been sexually assaulted. The unknown assaultant had attempted to bury her under a wood pile, and Andy was found bound to a tree. Oh, my God. That's brutal. In 2000 out, 2000, 2008, Forensic investigators analyzed a semen sample taken by the uh, taken from Hen- uh, Henry in the 1990s and matched it to another unsolved rape case. The woman provided officers with three descriptions of her attacker. Although there have been no arrests, Houston authorities have a uh, stretch of uh, suspected killers. Hmm. Sorry, I'm going to get a drink real quick. Ah. ASMR. Now, this next story is pretty cool. Because I watched a movie about it. They made a movie about it back in the back in the day. And the crazy thing is all these murders and crimes are all like before the year I was born. Yeah, mm-hmm. way before you was born. Like 2001, 2002, 2006. Okay, this is called the Texarkana Moonlight Murders. And they did make a movie about this, and this is pretty cool because this is based on a true story. So be, be prepared if you go to Texarkana. Between February of 1922, or between 1946, Oh, God, okay, here we go. From February 26th of 19... From February 22nd of 1946 to May 3rd of 1946, weekends began dangerous in and around Texarkana, Texas, known as the town that dreaded sundown, because that's when all the murders happened. A predator known as the... uh, the Phantom Killer, because no one ever seen him, and he never got caught. I think he got seen once. He was um, he attacked couples within three month in a three month period, claiming five lives. 
The incident only occurred late at night and were usually three weeks apart. So, sorry about that. So, he would always do them late at night and always do them three weeks apart. Then the Texas Rangers included the famous M.T. Lone Wolf uh, Gonzalez were drafted to help catch the uh, Phenom Killer, whom witnesses described as a man wearing a sack with a uh, cut-out eye holes. Recent investigators point to Yule Sweeney as a likely culprit, but he was never arrested or convicted for the slayings. Yeah, he uh, killed like a... A couple of couples, like a guy and a girl. Then he killed one girl. Then he killed one guy in his house. You know, yeah, it was crazy back then. And it's happened like in a span of uh, three or four months. <clears throat> and like they said, every three weeks they'd start another murder. He would do another murder. Okay. I want to look into their backstories of like what happened as a kid and. Oh, I know. To make you think, what would make them do that? Mm-hmm. Okay, our next one is the Austin Yogurt Shop Murders. On December 6, 1991, an Austin police officer saw a fire coming from an, I can't believe it's yogurt shop, on his patrol. After the blaze was put out and investigators found the bodies of four girls between the ages of 13 and 17 and the charred remains of the uh, store. The girls had been bound bound there on clothing and finally shot. Oh man, so they was all tied together and then they were shot. Over uh, 50 people had confessed to wow. Over 50 people have confessed to ki- to the killings, including Kenneth McDuff, a known serial killer who was uh, rolled out as a su- ruled out as a suspect suspect, and then later accused in 1998. Author- authorities arrested four other men. Two of them, Robert Springsteen Jr. and Michael Scott, was convicted of the crime. But the state has since released them due to uh, the Sixth Amendment violations of lack of evidence. So they still really figured out who, who killed these kids. Is it Michael Scott, like, famous or some, something like that? Oh, that name sounds familiar, but I can't place a finger on it. Then I got some more short. These are all kind of shorties, the rest I got, so... Okay, I don't think I have to write down time anymore because these are short. Okay, this one's called The Megan Curl. Approximately At approximately 4 a.m. on March 26th of the 2000, <coughs> the Lufkin Fire Department arrived on the scene of a fire at the Fox Run Apartments. After firefighters put the flames out, they recovered the body of a 26 of a 26-year-old Megan Curl. According to investigators, an unknown assaultant had bound her to her bed, assaulted her, and killed her prior to setting her remains on fire. Oh, my God. A neighbor reported Curl had a uh, visitor. A man, Curl said, she had met at a club prior 
that evening who uh, followed her home. Police never identified the suspect. Dang. So basically, she went to a club, she found the guy, yeah. followed her home. That's another thing. Don't freaking hook up with people you see at the bars or clubs. It's not good. Just get to know them person. <coughs> yeah. The next story is Amber Hangerman. On January 13th of 1996, an unknown ass- assaultant abducted nine-year-old Amber Hangerman while she was riding her bike in Arlington, Texas. For four days later, a man walking his dog found her in, in a storm drain. Golly, see, that's why I always don't want you kids running off. No wonder Patty don't want me near the storage drains and out. And I was riding my bike. Yeah. Witnesses had reports seeing Amber forced into a black pickup truck, but the time it took to alert authorities and then get the word out to the public, it was not enough to save her. The Amber Alert System, now used through the U.S., was developed as a direct result of this crime. And now over 900 children have been have been saved since they have uh Went to this Amber Alert. So that's why they have it. The Amber Alert? <coughs> yeah, because of that little girl, Amber. Oh. Yeah. And the crazy thing is we have a cousin named Amber and an aunt Amber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we have... The Servant Girl. The Servant Girl. A servant girl was uh, was uh, was active in Austin between 1845 and 1885, and claimed the lives of at least eight women in most cases. The unknown killer would uh, enter women's women's home women's homes and knock them out, uh, unconscious. Then he would take them uh, outside and use an axe to finish them. Authorities never identified the culprit through some think it think he may have been Jack the Ripper on a trip to the US. That's crazy. But back then too, the technology and stuff, you could just walk in and bam. Mm-hmm. Okay, the missing trio of Fort of Fort Worth, Texas. On December twenty third of nineteen seventy four, three girls, Rachel, Tralisa, 17, Lisa Rainey Wilson, 14, and Julianne Mosley, 9, went to their went to the Samirini South shopping mall to run some holiday errands. The girls disappeared without a trace. Without a trace, shop. Oh, without a trace. Despite investigating police investigators throughout the year the fate of the uh, missing trio is unknown in 2008 the girls families families had raised enough money to have the nearby benbrook lake searched for uh, possible leads uh, police divers recovered three vehicles although none uh, provided a link a link to the uh, missing girls that would suck. Yep. You 
you spend all this money just to get something looked at. Yeah. And it's just spam, basically. All right. Here's our last one of the day. It's called the Crossroads Murders. On the morning of June 25th of 1981, the wife of Wilbur Brawl went to the Crossroads Tavern just out of Portland, Lavga, to locate her husband. Reportedly, she entered the bar and found her husband along with three women. women. And he, uh, she... Shot them all on the head. Hey, hey, we're recording. The three women, Lenny York and the tavern owner Lark Sailor, and a occasional customer, and uh, Margie Matoja, a server, were all dead. The unknown assaultant had also stabbed Baja, who died 28. Days later, police were unable to gather collective evidence from the uh, scene. So what the hell? The wife didn't get away with it, I take it? She oh, found her husband along with three women and all, sh and all shot in the head. Oh, <clears throat> I see what they're saying. She didn't get mad and shoot them. She went to look for him and she went to the tavern and found him there. And they were all dead, shot in the head. That's what it's saying. Okay. Oh. I thought the wife freaking lost her crap and yeah. was like, Argh. I feel like that would be uh, Denny. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, we probably will not do another one of these till after the new year. And until then, I'm Stephen Booth, your co-host. And I'm your host, Stephanie Booth, and this is... What's really, really out there? <laughs> Don't forget to check us out on Spotify, Stitcher, and all them good places. I'm going to start catching up our YouTube channel, so check that out. And uh, we will see you later, guys. Bye.